Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show, we're discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. This week, we're back to continue our reading of book two. Megan, hello. Welcome back. Hello. Why are we back for this? Of all things. I know. Well, we had an off week last week. Uh, You were packing and I was sick. (laughs) (laughs) So it was not a good week for us, but we're back now and... Yeah, uh, I think we just wanted to put this chapter off for another week, honestly. (laughs) It's not our favorite. No, it's all foofer all the time. Just being a real foofer. It's been, like, I know I say this a lot, but so eye-opening rereading this as an older adult because I'm like, wow, this guy's an idiot. (laughs) Like, I thought he was supposed to be a genius, but no. No, and yeah, I mean that's that's how it opens. This is him being like, I thought I was smart. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm whining in the desert. Yeah, you actually said something in our private chat earlier that made me laugh a lot, where you compared him to a boomer ordering lunch at a Mexican restaurant. Oh my god, he just he's like, let me sound it out again. I don't think the fremen are understanding me. <laughs> Hello, can I order? Can you tend to my wounded? (laughs) Wounded. They are hurt. The guy's like, yeah, no, I I understand you. Yeah. Um, We want to put them in our big kiln and get their water. (laughs) Are they worth helping? (laughs) (laughs) Our cultures are different. Yeah. I wish we got that guy's inner monologue, which is just like this. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> okay. Just drain this old man. <laughs> Do us all a favor, please. Nameless Fremen. <laughs> but before we get to that. Yes. Oh, uh, Princess Arulin still still has more to say. Oh, yeah. And this week, our epigraph comes from Conversations with Muad'Dib by the Princess Arulin. Do you think she had a lot of those? Not at all. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) My father once told me that respect for the truth comes close to being the basis for all morality. Something cannot emerge from nothing, he said. This is profound thinking if you understand how unstable the truth can be. I just did air quotes. The truth. Mm. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) profound eh? <laughs> I mean sometimes I mean, just to, to to be very basic for a second and kind of you know quote Hamilton this book makes me feel like I'm stupid I'm not <laughs> stupid um like huh it reminds me a bit of okay bear with me have you seen the movie mystery men yes <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the sphinx <laughs> I, I can see it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something cannot come from nothing nothing it, must come from something like okay like, this is oh, okay i wonder if like if wadi was like totally pulling her leg when he, he's just like ah i'll give her some stuff for a book i don't i, I did she make all this up like <laughs> i kind of wonder <laughs> Also, is this her father or his father? Oh, good, good question. I mean, it's either father. one of them. Yeah, I'm looking at the passage right now, and it doesn't 
Yeah, it says it's from conversations with Maudib. So you don't know if this is coming from Paul or from Arulin. Either way, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> when you say something is profound, when you have to say it, it's usually not. Yeah, if you have to tell people, like, this is a really deep thing and they, I'm saying, like, it's not deep. You're just an asshole. <laughs> in in uh. my limited experience. Oh, so what's going on here? Of all the people in all of Arrakis to escape. Thufur. Thufur and some of his men escape. And they're hiding out in what, some caves? They're under a big rock. So I think it's like an overhang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Because all the caves have been like sealed up. Which Mm -hmm. sucks. Yeah. Um, It's, It's cold. He's cold. Yeah, well, I think they always say it's cold in the desert at night. Yes, I mean, and it is, but he's he's cold. They don't have still suits. Mm-hmm. He... Yeah, they're kind of in a bad spot right now. He's always prided himself on seeing things the way they truly are. That's his curse. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck ever. The he Fremen is wrong has nothing about to say. everything. <laughs> yeah, I... they're, they're there with some Fremen. Mm-hmm. He's talking to uh, this this kind of hot bearded dude. I'm just yeah, gonna presume, I'm into him. like, yeah. hey, hey, man, uh, who never gets a name. He's just a fremen, Mm-mm. which again I think is just because we would get Thufer's inner monologue, which would just be, you know, he'd give him his name and he'd be like, "It's what kind of name is that?" <laughs> it's Bruce Wayne. No, it's Batman. <laughs> the reason will become clear. <laughs> I talked bats. Um, so we're still everyone's still scattered in the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attack is is still going on. Yeah, and so I I'm not entirely clear how they ran into these fremen, but it's good that they did <laughs> because yeah. they are sol. Well, yeah, and Thufur's just sitting there and he's like, I swear vengeance on this traitor who and I'll." Do whatever it takes to make her pay. Because, of course, he assumes that it is Jessica who did this. Like, oh, so dumb. Fitted all the facts available, except that she's not the traitor. And, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because, of course, I can't be wrong. Are you trying to suggest that I may be incorrect? And, I mean, yeah, this... This book does do a good job of saying that, you know, everyone can be wrong. No mm-hmm. no one is perfect. Again, there are no heroes. Yeah. But he's so obnoxiously wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's bad. It's bad. He, he assumed the Harkonnen were the ones attacking uh, yeah. when it all started to go down. And he thought, oh, you know, we knew this was going to happen. He figured they'd give it a try. But then they just kept coming. And it just, you know, more and more reports kept coming in of more and more legions of soldiers. And he started to realize that, shit, this is not what I thought it was. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because he says, like, it would have cost the spice production of the whole planet for 50 years is how much this invasion would have cost. And apparently that's what the Baron paid. Well, I guess the Baron and the Emperor from Mon. Yeah. And so he, they've also have received reports that there are Sardaukar amongst the 
amongst the fighters and they realize again because this is just i mean one of the issues with this is that people keep learning things we already know mm-hmm. so they do realize in this section that it's you know sardaukar dressed as harkonnens so that the emperor won't be like named right although it kind of seems like the minute anyone realizes there's freaking sardaukar they're like oh shit the emperor yeah. is involved it's like, yes because you brought your elite dudes yeah. <laughs> it only work for you. <laughs> <laughs> do we? Uh, like, great. Um, we do get a piece of good news here, though, that Gurney has survived. And he's yay. safely hidden with some smugglers. Yay, Gurney. Uh, Gurney, truly the best of all of them. Uh, so <laughs> the Fremen's just like, yeah, you guys are not in a good place. You don't have suits. And Thufur's like, so are you going to help us or what? He's He's, like, well, there's this whole thing with, like, your water. We have to settle, like, you know, we need a water bond of some kind. And he's like, yeah, but my men are wounded. Like, just not getting it. Yeah. I mean, and he knows little bits of things. Like, there's, you know, he keeps asking things like, well, you know, can we get to the smugglers? And the Fremen says, well, it's a long way. And it's because, like, so Duncan Idaho has told him that the Fremen don't like to say no. So these are just sort of these vague answers, you know. They don't want to say no, so it's like, "Ah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) It'll take you a long time. And so he keeps... He keeps saying, well, I have all these wounded men. Yeah. Will you help me with the wounded men? And the Fremen keeps going, okay, so they're wounded, and we're not really going to be able to take them with us. So their water. You need, you need to see to the water need of your tribe. Water. Water. And the wounded. <laughs> Help the wounded. Yeah. Water. Like, it, it is very weird. <laughs> like, Thufer is just not getting it. And the Mm-mm. guy, the Fremen will not just come out and say it like, Give us your wounded people for their water, and we got a deal. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and he's he says that there's, you know, a price on his head, and the Fremen's like, yeah, we don't care about money. Like, we care about water. Water. Yeah. <laughs> We're back to this. The yeah. water. <laughs> oh, and boy. so eventually. Back to those fajitas. It, that takes a long time, yeah. Fajita. Yeah. Vegetas. I want to order vegetas. And they make, but he'll make sure to say gracias when they arrive. <laughs> He's just that kind of guy. Oh, I know. It's the worst. <laughs> I love Cinco de Mayo. Um, like, oh boy. It's, all his men are probably just behind him, like, ah. Ooh, did he just say that? Someone actually, else go all talk. those all those men are fretting about their wives back in Arakim, which is kind of sweet. Although I do like how that kind of comes up where they're like, "Well, you know, he was married, so his wife might want his body." Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's <laughs> not how it works. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, there are some inner. I mean, there's some entertaining miscommunications. Yeah. Like, Thufer asks if they've received word of the Duke or of Paul. And the Fremen's like, word? word? What do you mean, word? He's like, oh, what happened to them? And he's like, I don't know. What was this their fate? Fate is the same for everyone. Like, Fremen! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I, I did I did laugh at this because I imagine that it has got to be frustrating. It's just it's like that. He totally deserves it. Oh, what is that? Um, that next generation with Picard and the alien, and they can only speak in like allegories or something. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of like that, just extended. Yeah. Um. So the Fremen want some information in exchange, though. They want to know more about the artillery that oh, yeah. the uh, Harkonnen were using. And he's like, why? <laughs> and he's like, well, I mean, I guess I could possibly. And he goes, well, Liet wants to, to, to investigate one of these weapons. And the first is kind of like, well, then I guess you should go take one. And the Fremen's like, well, we did. We just don't know what it is. And he's like, <laughs> what, what, what? He's just like, and he's like. But those were guarded by Sardaukar, and he's like, oh, yeah, we killed those guys, except for the three we captured. And they're like, it's just like, you could just see the top of his head just popping off. He's just like, what? You did what? And he's like, what, like, it's hard? (laughs) Basically, that's the exact, the exact reaction. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, well, you know they're Sardaukar, so why shouldn't anyone else know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm Thu for Howitt. He's like, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> we know that too. <laughs> and he's just like, well, dang, I wish that we'd, you know, talk to the Fremen more because this might have been a really big help because they seem like they know what the hell they're doing. It's like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have sent Duncan Idaho to just go hang out with him. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he's just down there having parties. Like, these are my new bros. Yeah. Love these guys. <laughs> like, pass me that spice beer. <laughs> um, so someone named Arky dies. Yes. One of, the, one of the guys, I guess, one of the titular wounded. Uh, so he, he has died and the Fremen's like, awesome, it's a sign. Mm-hmm. That's some water. Sweet. This is all going to work out. Beaver's like, wait, what? <laughs> He finally gets it. Yeah. Then it clicks Um, for him what they've been asking about this entire time. And he's just like, oh, I mean, I guess. And the Fremen's like, sweet. All right. Come on, guys. Yeah. He's like, okay, you're part of the tribe. We're good. Some other Fremen just appear, grab the body, roll it up, and, like, run off with it. And the other men are just like, hey, uh, you know what they're going to go do, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like... He's like, ah, uh, they're going to bury him. Thuver's Thu- <laughs> yeah, he does try that shit. And they they are already a step ahead. They're like, they don't bury their dead. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Fremen is just like, oh, that's cool. I mean, he was he was working for Lisa and Algabe. Like, he's going to go to paradise. We're all good. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. We're getting some water. <laughs> like, why are you, like, why, why is everyone all upset about this? This is... Oh, okay, guys. Like, whoa. Yeah. Pretty touchy. Um, uh, one of his men does try, he comes up with a laze gun and is, you know, trying to be a real, uh, a real tough, hero. tough guy. Yeah. Um, and Thuver is just like, okay, calm your tits. Like, we're, nobody's doing that. We're good. I, I so, this made me laugh, too. Is so, like, this man appears with the gun and he starts to, like, draw it out and Thufur's like, stop. You know, <laughs> they're respecting the dead. The meanings, is, like, it's the customs are different, but they still are respecting the dead. 
at the guys. Like, they're not respecting him. They're going to render him down for water. And the Fremen goes, oh, do they want to go to the ceremony? Is that what's wrong? <laughs> like, oh, very God, they want to go? <laughs> He's just like, because the Fremen is just, and I like that Thufur, this, I don't like this. I shouldn't say it that way. Thufur's response to that is to think that the Fremen are naive. Yeah. Because he says, you know, the Fremen says, is it that your men wish to attend the ceremony? And Thufur thinks he doesn't even see the problem. And he's the naivete of the Fremen was frightening. And it's like, it's not naivete, dude. It's it's because he's dead. And to them, it's just, well, now, like, as he says it later, you know, like, he says it, a man's flesh is his own. The water belongs to the tribe. Like, he's dead. What what good is he? Yeah. His, his good lies in that they can render him down for his water. Like that's and not you naivete. Can help, you can help the tribe. Like you, even in death, you're still helping and calling you're still it part of us. Yeah, calling it naivete is like racist bullshit. Yeah, that's some serious colonialist. Some, shit. Oh my god, that is just complete. <laughs> like oh, these simple, simple native folk. Like oof, yeah, fuck Thufer. It's like I don't know the. I am just picturing like the colonial army, like being in in India and being like, oh, they worship cows. <laughs> yeah, look we'll at this. Yeah. Uh, so finally, they're just like, fine. I guess he's, you know, he's like, now we'll help your wounded because he gave us some water. So yeah. sweet. Like, let's see what we can do. Uh, then they realize that. A oh yeah, ornithopter a, is coming. Ornithopter, yeah, and uh, I actually really liked this part. It was pretty exciting. I thought, yeah, cause stuff started just to finally happen. He tells them all to like mm-hmm. go, go conceal themselves, uh, and then the best thing that's ever happened in this book happens, mm-hmm. which is that the Fremen has a little tiny cage inside his robes. Yes. That has a little bitty bat inside. It's so small and it He's has so blue little. eyes. He has little blue and blue spice eyes. And he, like, he does spit in its mouth because, you know, Arrakis. And yeah. then he takes a little tiny, like, hearing tube, whispers, mm-hmm. like, and chatters into it. And then, like, takes the bat up to, like, f- throws it up to fly away. And... Then it's a little, he takes a little message because he's a little messenger bat. <laughs> I love it. I want a messenger bat so bad. And it's just, I don't know if he's taking that message to another bat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or to another Fremen. I don't know where it's I going. I would imagine it's going to another Fremen. <laughs> I just. <laughs> But you go, little bat. Yeah, I know. Fly your spice eyes. I think this might be the first, like, and uh, maybe only animal we see. Yeah, I. I mean, for a while, with the, the eyes. But I mean, like with the spice eyes. I mean, it would make sense since oh yeah, it's in everything. Yeah, oh, I don't want to see like a dog with spice eyes. Not even a cheer dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, forget I said it. But no, um, I think that's I cool can't. though. I love it. I want. I know it's so I cute. Love, he just has this tiny bat inside of his cloak, and it's just—he <laughs> has it's a just, little tube to talk into its little tiny bat ear. I know it's so cute. I don't know why that's ever been in any of the movies. <laughs> and now I don't want it to be because it'll be a terrible little CG bat. And yeah. I don't need I mean, that it's in my just life, a delightful but... little weird thing in this yeah. book that I had forgotten about. And when I was rereading this chapter, I was like, holy shit, a messenger <laughs> bat. This is so cool. It's <laughs> the best character in Dune. <laughs> the bat. The bat. <laughs> By a mile. <laughs> uh, so a bunch of... So, okay, so a lot of stuff starts happening now. Yeah, it, it's, it does start to, the pace picks up here. Uh, so, the Ornithopter lands. There are a group of Fremen who are walking around really yeah. obviously, like very badly, even like, like for Fremen. They're just kind of like, do, 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 do. <laughs> um, How's it going? <laughs> Thufur is still just like, he's like, they they appear to be Fremen, but they're very inept. It's like, oh <laughs> my god. Wow, not... you're so stupid. <laughs> Where's Paul to tell you how dumb you are? <laughs> Seriously, he has no problem telling his own mother how dumb she is. Um, they to the, ex- I mean, it's to the extent that the they stand on a sand dune and wave to the ornithopter. They're like, hello. <laughs> How you doing? What's up? Yeah. What's up? Welcome to the desert. So it lands. Some Sardaukar get out. They have shields. Yeah. And the Fremen's just like, ugh, stupid shields. Um, they start walking towards the yeah, Fremen. But, yeah. What? And then, oh, yeah, I was going to say, because... Uh, a bunch of them pop up out of the sand. Yeah, they the sort of cars start walking towards that group of Fremen, and then all of a sudden, like the sand all around them, just Fremen just jump out of it, <laughs> and like it. some of them are like in. Some of them run to the ornithopter and like take off with it, and then yep. there's just like dust being brought up because of the like fighting. And then mm-hmm. when the dust settles, there's only Fremen standing. <laughs> it's like yes, so it should give you an idea of how freaking badass the Fremen are as far as like their fighting skills and everything. Like, I mean, because the Sardaukar are supposed to be like the elite of the elite, yes. like the best of the best, the Green Berets, the whatever the seal team six like and the fremen are just like eh, we got this yeah it's because like no one has ever learned and no one's ever heard of guerrilla warfare right everyone yeah all this Which like is, courtly warfare i mean that's sort of i mean it's partially how we won the revolutionary war because yeah even true. then they were like uh what yeah <laughs> um but I do enjoy that. Just, you know, there's poor rows and rows of red coats just being like, but this is how you fight a war. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> My gracious. What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> These people are hiding. Yeah. Oh, man. It's uh, the silliest way to have become a country. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so, like, 
another Fremen sends a message. Yeah. Uh, from across the the way, he waves a square cloth, and he's like, "Okay, more are coming, so we need to like keep going." The Fremen does refer to what just happened as inconvenience, which he first <laughs> like <"Bah>! inconvenience. <laughs> you just killed a whole bunch of Sardaukar and took their ornithopter, and you just call it an inconvenience. Uh, so there's two more ornithopters coming down. Um, mm-hmm. Only the Sardaukar bodies are left. Uh, all the Fremen have disappeared. Oh, but there's a uh, a like a troop carrier isn't there yeah yeah and he realizes there's a ton of and they have like you know laser guns and it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly if they get out so what happens oh it's good <laughs> so the troop carrier like lands near the the bodies and then the fremen that stole the ornithopter f- crashes it into the carrier and, and kills everybody kills everybody it's awesome. Like, okay, not awesome. A whole big loss of life is not awesome. But in terms of, like, you know, warfare and strategy and stuff, pretty awesome. Uh, and then and then Thufa realizes that it was the Fremen who captured the Ornithopter. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he just sacrificed himself. What is up with these Fremen? It's like, what? You're from, like, a warrior house. Like, no I know. Ever, like, calm down. <laughs> Like you should like be... has this never entered any of your minds ever? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, um, but uh, no, he's just gobsmacked. But then, unfortunately, uh, so the Fremen is just like, sweet. There must have been three hundred men in there. So let's get their water and like figure stuff out. And he starts to come out from under the rocks, and then a ton more start a car up here, yeah. and he. The Fremen gets uh, caught by a knife in the throat and killed, and Thufur gets stunned and passes out. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. That's the end of the chapter. (sighs) R.I.P. Hot Fremen. We (laughs) barely knew ye. Yeah. You were super cool. You had a bat. You put up with a lot. You had a bat. That bat's going to be sad. It is. It's going to be real sad. I hope it finds a, a nice Fremen to take it in. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I mean, yeah, there can't be that many messenger bats, so they're probably just like, "Ooh, someone's got to adopt a Batty here." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really hope its name is Batty. That'll make me so happy. <laughs> the Fremen probably don't like name things, things very often. Yeah, they probably don't have a real sense of permanence. They're just like, I don't know. It's a bat. It's called a yeah. bat. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm glad it's just called a bat, and not given some weird. Yes. Herbert dude name. <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, uh, I can't even think of one, like an, a rapty bat or something where you're just yeah. like, what are you talking about? So, I mean, this chapter was, I mean, it was like half of it was just, I was banging my head against my desk because I was just like, fucking doofer, like, get, <laughs> get a clue already between like his... His fajitas and uh, him being so convinced that Jessica is still, like, the traitor. I was just like, I'm so done with you. I'm so done with you. It's just that... But the second half of the chapter was pretty awesome. It, you know, it comes into play a lot later. But just Mm -hmm. the absolute refusal... Of some of the characters to accept the Fremen 
like way of life, which I know is supposed to be like the big thing with like that's why Paul and Jessica survive and yeah, you know that whole thing. And then, but that uh, then of course has the same problematic element of you know he then becomes the best fremen who ever fremened. Yeah, uh, and but it's so frustrating that especially since it as he points out himself, you know he's a mentat. He's supposed to understand everything that's going on. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be able to like make all of these you know, huge leaps and understand everything. And he's always wrong. He's completely surprised that the Harkonnens attacked to this level. Mm-hmm. And then more surprised when he realizes that the Emperor is involved. He still thinks it's Jessica, even though he really doesn't have any more evidence than he did initially. None. And he's had a conversation with her in which she was just like, fuck you, this isn't what's going on. And he, of course, took nothing away from that entire experience, except she's a creepy witch and I hate her. Right. And, I mean, now, I don't know, he got abducted by Harkonnen and I don't care. Yeah. No, I I, I honestly, like, the glimpses of Thufer we have from here on out, I'm just like, eh. Let's get back yeah. to Paul being terrible, because even Paul being terrible is better than Thufer to me. It's just, you know, it's and then just the little things like he, the fact that he doesn't get what they're saying about the water. Mm-hmm. It's just it kind of flies not... in the face of all of that. Oh, I under I make logical leaps and figure things out. I'm a human computer. No, you, you're you not. Think that if you were on a planet or in a situation where Mm -hmm. there isn't water and water is such a rare like such an important thing that you know still suits exist and you know they people sell like scrap water after parties and you cannot put it together what they might possibly want to do with that body (laughs) like what like I, i i would like to think that i would sort of gather that I'd be sort of yeah. like, oh. Oh, I, I see. <laughs> like, I, I get see not being comfortable with that concept. Like, that's fine. But the fact that he couldn't even wrap his head around it to figure it out when they were having this conversation. It's, you know, we have all that information about Paul just learning everything about Arrakis and about the Fremen. And I guess nobody else had to. Mm-hmm. Because Jessica knows stuff. Uh, that's the the subtitle of Dune. Yeah, Jessica knows stuff. Uh, and but Leto was pretty happy to just like get information from Duncan and from Paul. Yeah, and I guess nobody else watched any of those videos. Right. I feel like a lot of this is just like um, sort of. Uh, I I don't want to. I think it's sort of the male ego, or or maybe just the mentat ego. Maybe it's unfair for me to say the male ego, but it's ego either mm-hmm. way is what it comes down to. Because it's like I'm Thufer, I'm the smartest. I don't need to look at get all this information. Whereas like a computer needs input. Johnny Five could tell you that <laughs> a computer needs information in order to process and. He and Sherlock Holmes would say, you can't make bricks without clay. Exactly. Um, I mean, and I think part of the issue is that both Thufur and, to an extent, Leto himself mm-hmm. were 
in a very colonialist mindset, assuming oh, yeah. that they could apply the rules of Caladan to mm-hmm. Arrakis because that's the best way and that's yeah. the way that they've always done it. And Thufur doesn't know how to, you know, deal with differences in culture or differences in traditions because why should he have to? You know, he works for the Duke and in the Duke's court, you know, we do everything like they do it on Caladan. And, you know, okay, well, good luck. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that is very much like, it's like trying to get, you know, when they colonialize the Americas, is like putting Native people in English dress. And that's just like, (laughs) stop doing that. Yeah, you know, just this idea that, well, it has to be the exact way that it's always been for us. Like, just... You know, the, the, you know, converse, just you see things in, especially in a lot of like historical stories of, you know, you people assuming like, oh, this is such and such. And, you know, I guess these are his wives. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. they're actually married because they don't have that kind of, you know, it's like it's a concubine culture or, yeah you know, but it's like, ah, I don't know about that. So we're just going to pr- put it into words I understand and like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And we still, I mean, this is still, I mean, it's pretty relevant because people still do this. Like, oh, it's yeah. not, it, this is not a thing that never happens anymore because we're now in the 21st century. Like, no, this shit still happens. It absolutely still happens. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just the, his complete, he just didn't want to learn it. And that's the thing because no. I, you know, he, I don't like him, but he is a mentat, so he mm-hmm. could learn it. He just didn't yeah. choose to, and it bit everyone in the ass. Yeah. Because he was distrustful of Jessica just because. Yeah. I and mean, I mean, and that's also... Just, a f- like, his pride was wounded. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the problem with the idea of, you know, the, the human computer. Because on the one hand, you can think, well, he didn't have the capacity to... You know, when Jessica's talking about, like, well, I, but I love the Duke. And the Duke's like, but I love Jessica, so I trust her. And he's just like, oh, well, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but on the other hand, he's not, it's not like, you know, some sort of, you know, android situation. Because he has pride to wound. Yeah. You know, he can still get offended. Like, he's yeah. not just... I mean, there's still the human element in the exactly. human computer equation there. Yeah. Just all of the very worst human elements are what yeah. he's still got going on. <laughs> Yeah, like compassion or empathy or exactly you know, some kind of like patience or understanding don't seem to be a part of it for him. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not cool. It's not, and it doesn't work out super great for him. No, it does not. So, I'm glad this chapter's over, even though it had some <laughs> exciting stuff in it. And I think next week are we back with Paul and Jessica? Um, let me check because I have my yeah. book right here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be something. And Duncan, Idaho! Duncan! Bow, bow, bow. Is this... Oh yeah, my god, well, this chapter's super long next time. There's a lot going on. There's a yeah. lot of people looking at each other. There's so much looking. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> All the looking you could want. Yes. <laughs> Lots of gazing. <sighs> observing studying i mean it's not as bad as some books uh, no. i'll give it that there is no, plenty there's... of action when there wants to be yeah totally 
So I don't, uh, I don't think we have any new tweets or reviews this week. You guys, come on, get on it. Tweet at us. We like, we like talking to you. We do. And we like talking about Dune and Mm -hmm. there hasn't been any movie information. There was that video of Timothy Chalamet answering to Muad'Dib, which Mm -hmm. that's how it starts, guys. You can't just be yelling it in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. Everybody, just keep an eye on that kid, okay? Yeah. If he starts, like, gathering an army, I think we need to worry. Yeah, if he's, like, you know, if you notice, like, army hammers walking around with him, and he has <laughs> any sort of, like, weapon or a sword, yeah. just be like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think army hammer would be his Duncan? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have a plug, though. Uh. Megan and I co-wrote an article. It should be out by the time this episode drops for the spool <laughs> about the 1994 uh, miniseries based on Stephen King's The Stand. Yay! Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have another one at the end of the month for the for the Dark Tower movie. You know we're going to have a lot to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but check it out. It's thespool.net and they're... Um, filmmaker of the month or you know i guess they're they're calling it filmmaker of the month even though he's technically only made one film but he's written a lot of stuff <laughs> that has been made into films it's yeah stephen, stephen king this month mm-hmm. so yeah there's yeah. a ton of great stuff that's oh, already yes. been put out there i just that, want to so. plug our friend uh busco's article on maximum overdrive so good it's so, so good funny it's hilarious and it perfectly captures what makes (laughs) maximum overdrive so great she does talk about the trailer which is amazing yeah Uh, unfortunately i mean this isn't it wasn't a video review but i did get to see her kind of act it out in person chef's kiss amazing (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm jealous (laughs) every time i go to an an atm though i always say this machine just called me an asshole (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile your husband's in the car like yeah i know okay yes every time (laughs) every time he's like yeah yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh so i think poor uh, husbands i know (laughs) we're gonna get them one day Someday. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's, yeah, I think that's yeah, about I mean, it. It's a oof. short one, but it was a, wasn't a very long chapter, so we won't keep you guys strung out for another 30 <laughs> minutes while we talk garbage about Jason Momoa or whatever this week. <laughs> Actually, I don't have anything bad to say about him. He's no, fine. I'm good. Yeah, um, I'm fine. Yeah, I think, and I do hope that they put a lot of this kind of stuff into the movie because, I mean, they do seem to be, mm. to have cast a lot of Fremen. Yeah. So I'm hopeful. I, I really want to I see them I think that's really this. cool. They have such an amazing, you know, the culture and yeah. the fighting is, I mean, that's that could be such a cool scene, like what just happened. You know, they're popping out of the sand and killing mm-hmm. Sardaukar. I mean, come on, that's awesome. Yeah, I really want to see them as this, like, crazy like fighting force that takes Mm -hmm. on like the elite soldiers that no one can beat like i want to see that and act like like, it's nothing yeah like don't even break a sweat Mm -hmm. i mean they don't really sweat anyway just would go into their still suits but whatever (laughs) they're hopeful it will they're like please come on can i sweat please (laughs) 
<laughs> I need this. They just do squats when they're not <laughs> oh. fighting. <laughs> I would be a terrible Fremen. They would oh, not yeah. take me in. They'd be like, <laughs> you bring nothing to the table. <laughs> like, it's fair. <laughs> yeah, no. It's... Like, you know what? Eh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, when I was a kid, I used to love you know, the sort of self-insert, just, you know, I'd see a movie or read a book, and just be like, oh, what if I was in that world? And then mm. there were just some where I have to acknowledge my own failings. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh, you know, no. I love like, like classic lit. Like I love the Brontes. I love Austin, but God, I could not survive in the Regency or Georgian or Victorian eras. Like no, no, no thank you <laughs> i would be terrible they had to wear tiny shoes they had to walk everywhere mm. no i couldn't do it and the shit they had to eat no it's there are times in in books where food is described from sort of the regency era where sometimes i'm like ooh, i wish that i was eating like you know, asparagus soup yeah but or like then... a roast pheasant or something like that that shit's fine yeah then they don't get into up, all the all their stuff, yeah. And then there's descriptions of other things where you're just like, uh, 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 what? So it's not. I don't think it's up anymore. But on Hulu, they used to have this series, and it's very popular in the UK. But it's called um, the Supersizers Go, and I think I've talked about it before. But it's like Sue from uh, Great British Bake Off, and uh, this other guy Giles Corin. They. Um, would like live in a period in English history for a week mm. like they would dress like that and they would like kind of live in sort of places that sort of emulated the time and they would only eat what oh. people ate back then so the Reformation episode I was sick for days after watching that because there was no water <laughs> they just drank beer yep. the whole time and it was all just like this horrible greasy meat the whole time just like mm. like casseroles that were nothing but like undrained greasy meat and uh, it was tough man I didn't eat meat for like five days after watching that episode but no I could not live in the regency I am not down with like lamb's tongue and stuff like that no thank no, you and I am not great in the heat so oh god <laughs> no and with all those layers oh no I mm -mm. all the stays and corsets and petticoats and pinafores and all of that shit there's such there's such a you know kind of popular you know cry amongst fans of the books and the show outlander mm. Mm. about oh, oh my god you know how i wish that would happen to me and it's like yeah. no no but have you seen some of the stuff she has to eat and wear and mm -hmm. how you know i mean that was not the takeaway i got from reading that first it's like book. i know you just want to have like crazy hot sex with a, beefy a hot ginger Scotsman. dude but yeah. Uh, you know, we have those today. <laughs> like, go find Seriously. one of those. <laughs> I think Sam Union is single. Yeah. That's that's a crime. Oh, God. He is so cute. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's any of that kind of stuff. So, like, Dune was always bad for that. I was always, like, I would not be super great mm -hmm. with that. Lord of the Rings, I was a little better because, I mean, the Hobbits made it. Like, so, I, I'm kind of just tower, a very tall Hobbit. Like, <laughs> the Dark Tower, I was just like, no... I don't oh, I'd think be so. 
the desert. Roland would just leave me somewhere. <laughs> oh, for sure. He probably would have. He wouldn't even <laughs> waste a bullet on me. I would be a lobstrosity oh, no. supper. <laughs> just be sitting on the beach like. <sighs> and he'd probably give me a lecture about how my hair is dyed or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. There'd be some yeah, yeah. kind of Roland dad thing where he'd just be like, what's this about? Like, oh. <laughs> also, you wear, you. we both wear glasses, so that wouldn't work either. <laughs> That's the other thing. I can't go back in time. I wouldn't be able to see. That's what happened to that dude in Timeline. He oh, had to go back right. in time and leave his glasses, <laughs> and it didn't end out well for him. No, it did not. <laughs> also, I will say this, um, just to speak very briefly on the movie Timeline. Uh, okay. I, if you're going to go back in time... You have to take some stuff into consideration. Mm-hmm. And I know they were going back to rescue George Butler's dad or whatever. I don't really remember that movie. Sure. But you got to make sure you have the clothes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, all right. You have to understand about, you know, societal things. Like you can't just say, oh, I'm going to bring this fancy ball gown just because. Because people weren't just wearing those every day. <laughs> right. But also, if you're going to go back in time... <laughs> To England in the 13th century or whenever this was. Mm-hmm. And you're going to bring along a dude just because he's the only one who speaks French. Yeah. One, it's really probably not going to be the same kind of French. Uh, I don't remember if they mentioned that part, but right. okay, fine. Enough French. It would be like middle high French or some <laughs> shit like that. But that character is also played by Rosif Sutherland, who is 6'5". <laughs> Yes, and people were so really small. <laughs> and I know this is Hollywood, so that wasn't a big deal. But if you're going to go back to like 1282 and you brought a 6'5 dude, everyone is going to notice. Yeah. You're this not, is not to say they didn't in. exist. Because, I mean, it's this exact wrong time period. But I think, like, you know, armor that they have, you know, some people were very tall. That did happen, mm-hmm. but it wasn't super common. I mean, nowadays, if you see someone who's 6'5, people are still like, wow, you know, how's the air yeah. up there? But in you know a thousand years ago people were a little not more even like, a thousand years ago try like not even a hundred years ago like 90 yeah. you know like 80 years ago i was just out the warner brothers studio i saw a bunch of costumes from movies a lot of those men were small okay tiny humphrey bogart was a tiny dude we he saw was seriously of, small i mean we saw all of prince's outfits well prince was and quite he petite. was yeah. yes uh but so yeah so like stuff like that it's like well no wonder he's the first to go because he wouldn't let him bring his glasses and he's incredibly out of place physically yeah. then he was on rain but everything was out of place on rain oh which one was he on rain he was sexy nostradamus oh right oh that guy okay. uh that guy sexy yeah. nostradamus is what you <laughs> yeah. mean to say Use his full title. (laughs) It's been a while since I watched Rain, but yeah. That was a show that I watched a bunch. Then at one point, I think we moved or something, and I just lost track of it. Oh, yeah. um, But I started rewatching a little bit of it on Netflix a few months ago, and I had forgotten how completely bat shit it is just off the bat <laughs> oh yeah i i, I was like i watched... felt like some of the weird stuff started to come in a little nope nope right from the beginning <laughs> yeah 
No, I only watched the first half of the first season, I think. Mm. Um, and my website at the time, which is still up, uh, we're doing um, recaps. We were doing recaps of nice. it. And uh, I didn't. Our mutual friend uh, who goes by Sleep Goblin, uh, that's what she was writing her reviews under. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're really funny and just remind me like sometimes I'll go back and read them and be like oh my god <laughs> like the crazy like underwire lingerie <laughs> well all the clothes were completely and utterly oh, they inaccurate were just, they were I mean, so funny though <laughs> there's a party sequence where the music in the background is an all strings version of royals by lord <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> so but yeah it's uh, so if I went back in time, I'd both not be able to see, and I'd be very too tall. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's also something that comes up a lot. I do appreciate that in, when we've talked about this before, like, you know, sort of the Regency set romance novels, is that mm-hmm. most of the men are not shown to be super duper tall, because mm-hmm. they wouldn't all have been marching around, you know, breaking six foot. And the ones who are, it's always a remarked upon thing. Like, yeah. It's always just like where does he even buy coats like yeah (laughs) there's like plenty of circumstances of like extremely tall dudes who are just like i think that's why it costs a lot of money for me to get clothes because i am i think until like you know the modern sort of i want to call it like third wave romance or whatever like the modern the current climate of romance Mm -hmm. authors basically have kind of like clued into that and i'm like oh i i need to actually say something about this person being really tall if i'm gonna write this character as being really tall like mr darcy is always depicted as tall he's described as tall in the book sure but like when that picture came out of like this composite of what what mr darcy would have actually looked like oh my god austin fans lost their fucking mind it was so good anyway (laughs) um I got sidetracked with that. But I, I do remember, like, I think that's why there's so many that are set in Scotland, because this is kind of a thing. Like, Scotland is seen as this place where the men are all these big, boorish sort of, mm-hmm. do, you know, tall, big, broad, boorish dudes. And maybe they were. I don't know. But it seems like they probably had their fair share of petite fellows as well. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's why you see so many, like, uh, especially in the, like, the 80s and 90s romance set in oh, yeah. Scotland. That, sort yeah, of the that evolution was... of that, because they didn't want to have to explain why this person was so big and tall. Uh, just make him <laughs> Scots. Or make him a Viking Even... or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like a cowboy. Yeah. For some reason, if you're out in the range, it was always, you know, if you this were from the wilds of Montana or something, you were also enjoyed, super tall. And... I enjoyed the books of Jude Devereaux because she did all of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were, uh, I, I, yeah, she actually does have a very popular book where the heroine travels back into the Middle Ages. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> nope. And no a, thanks. I feel like a lot of the description is really good like she does a really good job of being like this is just like how they went to the bathroom disgusting like there was no showers you know you Mm -hmm. might bathe every so often and the stuff they ate and how like children like you can tell she did a lot of research writing this book like this is how children were like swaddled and just kind of hung up on pegs until they were toddlers like 
all the stuff that kind of went into that but yeah the hero is still of course like very handsome and doesn't stink and you know has all his teeth Yeah. yeah i recently read one that i found incredibly hilarious only because it was it's set in the georgian era which i don't mm-hmm. think it's covered a lot so all the men are dressed completely preposterously right <laughs> and i appreciate any acknowledgement of that because there's just a lot of like here are your tight satin pants and your heels mm-hmm. and your embroidered stockings and, and like your that long coat wig yeah. yeah and like a little you know your your face powder a little heart shaped patch for your face yeah <laughs> it's just like <laughs> thank you the everyone feathers. yeah men are always like just getting off easy in these books because it's always just the period of like <laughs> oh i'm wearing a cravat and some trousers it's like yeah no come on at the time you, you were being just as silly just yeah. 20 years ago <laughs> yeah like, come on live with it yeah that's why every time i i hear people be like fashion i don't understand it it's gotten out of hand (laughs) i'll just like love to like just show them pictures of men in the georgian era or like post the french revolution when all Mm -hmm. the women were just wearing see-through dresses oh yeah they were like woohoo let's be as decadent as possible (laughs) yeah but that has nothing to do with dune so hi everyone we're hi back. everyone yes <laughs> welcome to our podcast uh no i guess that wraps it up for the week mm-hmm. we don't really have other than our plug we did um of course always we love to hear from you guys i said that please reach out to us on twitter um talk about how much Thufer sucks or if you think we're wrong you're free to tell us i'm free to oh, yeah. disagree but you know we're uh at weirding pod i believe mm-hmm. on twitter i'm <laughs> just like amazed at how little i remember about my own show <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us there we're on facebook we're on instagram like mm-hmm. we're always around to talk to you guys you can always email us at weirdingpodcast at gmail.com we love getting emails from you guys and if you've enjoyed the show at all feel free to leave us a review Yes, please do. It helps us. Please do. Yeah. And we need all the help we can get. (laughs) (laughs) In so many ways. Yeah. (laughs) So until next time, take it easy. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.